Hello, you're listening to the Business as a Force for Good podcast series. I'm Edward, and along with Law, we meet leaders from all walks of life, going beyond the theory to real success stories. Today, I'm delighted to have the chance to talk with Matthew Cromack, uh, the CEO of Go Compare. Matthew started his career at PNG before moving on to Expedia, and before joining Go Compare, headed up LastMinute.com. Welcome, Matthew, and thanks for giving us a chance to talk about how you see business as a force for good. Would you tell us a little bit about the background of Go Compare and how it all started? Go Compare originally was founded by a small group of entrepreneurs, five entrepreneurs who were very, very focused on helping people trying to navigate how to buy something which is inherently quite complicated, which is an insurance policy. And insurance policies, you hope you never need. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really want to use them because if you use them, it's because something's happened that you necessarily didn't want to happen, but the insurance is there to protect you. So Matthew, what drove them to set up the business? In a way, what drove them was this concept of the best insurance or the right insurance always costs you less, which means that if you're if you're understanding truthfully what you're buying, then whether it's five or ten pounds or twenty pounds more or less, actually when you get to use it and when you need it, it does what you want. But insurance policies are incredibly complicated. The language around them is complicated. And it's complicated for the people in the industry, never mind about you and me sitting at home, probably watching TV, thinking about other things, not about insurance. So Matthew, is it fair to say people aren't that keen on the category? Some people call them dentist products, right? You have to go, but you don't really want to. <laughs> those stuff, right? Now, in a world before the internet, you'd see uh, adverts in the paper or you'd adverts on the TV and you'd call up like a couple of insurance companies, maybe three, and you'd try and compare the prices. It was difficult. What the entrepreneurs here did is they said, well, we can do this online. And if we ask the right questions, we'll get help people give them a view of the market and then they can save money. Matthew, are the savings really worthwhile for people who get involved in comparison websites? We've saved billions for people since the business was set up 13 years ago by helping them through a series of questions which are fairly straightforward and helping people get to this, what do I need, how easy is it, and how do I save money? And millions of people have done that. And in things like car insurance, it's relatively straightforward because you need to renew your car insurance every year. If you've had an accident, you need to declare it. If you've changed the car or if something's happened or you change your mileage. And so you tend to find on things like car insurance, people are more active and more engaged. But so lots of products, they're not. As you sign up and then you forget about it. You put the thing in the drawer. And it might be like three years before you go back to it because it just also renews and you forget about it and the price goes up every year. So when we, when we came at this again two or three years ago, you know, the business had done very well at, at meeting the needs of uh, what were a cohort of people, a group of people who understood how to get the bill out of the drawer, how to fill in the web form, and how to save money. So Matthew, how many people are actually looking around at the insurance market and what they pay in order to try and save money? There were probably something like three out of five of every Brits who weren't doing that, who'd let many of their policies auto-renew go through. And so generally, people were paying hundreds, if not thousands of pounds more than they needed to. And actually, when you 
boil it down, we, we did some behavioral economics work with UCL, a professor at UCL. The people actually that were being most penalized in this environment in this world were people that could afford it the least. Because they were the people that either didn't have time or they didn't understand it, or frankly, they couldn't be bothered. And in fact, there was this definite this thing when a bill arrives, sometimes the easiest thing is not to open it, <laughs> put it in the drawer or just forget about it, you know, throw it away. And so the people that actually could benefit the most were getting the least benefit. And so there's an incredible opportunity in society to help those people. Matthew, how much could you actually save? And in fact, over perhaps four, five, or six bill types, genuinely, you could be looking at an increase of 10% in the net income of that family by reducing the bills on an annual basis. So this is a genuine good thing that if we solve, we're unlocking the opportunity for millions of people to be paying less for things that they need to buy that they don't really understand or they forget about. And the inertia with those people, it's working against them and penalizing them in a way, and it's making their life uh, pretty uncomfortable because nobody likes to overpay. Nobody likes to overpay. But sometimes the effort that's required to go through a process to actually reduce that bill is quite difficult. Not everybody understands what the bills say, which data they should use to try and reduce their bill. Some people are actually worried that if they switch their provider, that they might lose service or something throughout the switch procedure. There's just lots of fear around that. Fear that, by the way, has been probably been encouraged or, or, or at least not addressed because inertia allows people to stay on higher pricing and so on. So, so we, we've got this idea here that by helping you know, the 60% of people, the three out of five people who don't switch very much or not at all, you really are unlocking real spending potential for people and that spending is either going to go on just basic quality of life or people can afford you know basic things like maybe a week's extra holiday you know a year or a slightly better set of clothes for their kids or whatever it is but this is just basic stuff hundreds if not thousands of pounds people can save and so how you unlock that what you do how you help people is what where we're at right now and it's that that intersection between you need the right policy you need the right service, but you don't have to overpay for it. Matthew, how did you set out to create a fantastic working environment for everybody in Go Compare? I've always felt, particularly in these businesses, that, that there is no, I personally don't like hierarchy. Uh, I never have. And I really believe that everyone has a role, a leadership role within the company in some way. And so everyone is a leader in solving a particular problem in some area. And so when you're actually around the table, and you're discussing problems. You know, I really, really encourage people to step forward, be empowered to have an opinion, be empowered to get involved and own their area and go solve and go execute. And it's really, really trying to empower everybody through the organization to take ownership and to decide and to, to speed up. And the way I'm trying to help that is by giving people the trust and the security that they can make decisions in the knowledge that, you know, hey, not every decision is going to be the right one. <laughs> and that's okay. We try not to bet the farm on every decision. So, you know, you fail, fail fast, learn fast, uh, try again, keep going. But in this type of business, we have to move quickly. 
and be solving little problems every day. And to do that, you have to have ownership and empowerment right through the organization. And that's fundamental. Matthew, what's the legacy that you'd like to leave behind in the business? I would hope when we look back at the business in whatever it is, 15, 20 years time, that we saw this period, this 10-year period, where the business went from impacting you know, a few million people to tens of millions of people, really, that we've taken a fantastic idea started up here in South Wales to a, an idea which impacted millions in the UK, potentially beyond that, and that, that it's made a meaningful difference as a service and that it's part of people's lexicon, that it's part of people's life in terms of how they manage bills. I would love to see that looking back. From a company perspective, I love seeing people grow through the company, people realizing their own potential through the company. You know, we're seeing we have some degree apprenticeship students that started. They left school last year. They started work for us, but studying a degree at the same time. They'll graduate in four years. They're working four days a week. Seeing the journey of people like that and the journey of people through and up through the business is incredibly satisfying. And I just hope that lots of people realize what they want to do through that journey and that they get the opportunity to do it. And um, I think that the greater the empowered environment, the more meritocracy-based, the more open and flexible and transparent it is, the the greater opportunity for people here. and, And that's incredibly rewarding in itself. What gets you in the zone at work when you absolutely fly? You know, I, I really love it when the teams have been wrestling over a, over a problem. They've already kind of figured out what they think the solution is. They've kind of brought the solution to the table. They sort of talk it through with me. And, you know, I'm able to bring a little bit of the experience that I've had and either say, hey, that's an awesome job. Or, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And together, we're able to, you know, generate something better. You know, I feel incredibly motivated when you're doing that. It feels like I've added some value uh, somewhere along the way. You know, generally, when you're leading a business of a certain size, you know, you end up probably managing more of the difficult things rather than the pleasurable things, just because that's kind of, you know, what you spend your time doing. And so when you actually get to an opportunity where somebody's brought something along and, and it's forward looking, it's impactful, it's interesting. That's just, that's when I'm in the zone. It's great, great fun. Matthew, looking back over your career, which of your roles have you enjoyed the most? Without a shadow of a doubt, the one I'm in right now is the best role I've ever had. It's a great, great business. It's a great space, a great set of brands. It's just incredibly, incredibly competitive. And that, that challenge every day of something is always happening. You know, it's always something going on. And that dynamism and that speed and that challenge is, is phenomenal, really. You know, I'm very lucky to have a great team as well. And, uh, and so together, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to help those millions of people. The business will only be successful if we help millions of people. It can't be otherwise, because that, that's how the model works. So doing that is, is the best bit, really. Matthew, which business leaders have inspired you over your career? There are a couple of people. They're very different. But, you know, I, I've worked for them over time. You know, I worked back in my younger days, for Paul Polman, until, you know, who's, who's been uh, obviously the CEO of Unilever, an incredibly open individual, incredible energy, really game for all sorts. We had a lot of fun. I was managing Pringles at the time, I think. And, uh, you know, he was, he was GM of the UK. Just somebody who always, whose personal values I always respected a lot. And he's done great things, obviously, 
many, many great things since then. So really interesting person. You know, I also work for Dara Khosrowshahi, who runs Uber now. And whilst everybody has an opinion on Uber, I think his ability to walk into a fire pit <laughs> and kind of address that and start to turn that around at scale globally, you know, you've got to respect him for that. And he's somebody who I worked with on the West Coast, and he's never afraid to address difficult things and uh, have difficult conversations. And I can see that with him now, and I have a lot of respect for him doing that. Matthew Crumbuck, thank you so much for the time you've given us today to share some of your thoughts that have really inspired us around the role that business can play in being a force for good.